0: Welcome to the Heroes of Reality podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host Dylan Watkins as he introduces today's guest.
1: Do you want to know how the hero's journey method can be applied into virtual reality and what that looks like for adventurers going into this digital space? Well, in today's podcast, I have what I consider to be my female gainer in the space of Hero's Journey and Virtual Reality Applications, Caitlin Krauss. She is globally recognized, experienced designer, learning expert author, and keynote speaker. She teaches at Stanford University about technology and well-being. In her books, Mindful by Design and Designing Wonder, and through her organizational consulting, Caitlin helps individual leaders and teams leverage mindfulness, storytelling, and design to form better human-centered relationships with mindful technology. As the founder of MindWise Consulty, co-founder of the Center of Wise Leadership, and a virtuality XR and AI specialist, Caitlin contributes to building products and experiences that promote humanity, innovation, and emotional intelligence. So without any delay, I'd like to welcome Caitlin. Hi,
0: Dylan. Hey. Thank you. It's hey. so good to be here. Hi.
1: It's so good to have you here. I'm super excited to talk with you. Our friend Jeremy made an introduction, and I took a look at right. what you do and a bit of this stuff. And I was like, oh, there's a, 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 a female version of me who's deeply, passionately interested in, in applying the Hero's Journey method into the virtual metaverse and landscape. And so I was excited to chat with you and see where this conversation takes us.
0: Thank you so much for the invite and I love to be introduced as a doppelganger. I feel like you had me at that word because you know, I feel like people who follow stories and and some type of archetype when we find others who have that philosophical kind of layer, we always mm-hmm. uh, it's like one of my kind. That's mm-hmm. great, especially with tech involved.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too because when you when you find those um idiosyncrasies, the unusual patterns of commonality that we find in each other, right? You're like, how did you get here? Like, what happened to make you similar to me? What? Why do you have the same interests that I have? And, you know, what was the mosaic of life patterns that shaped you into who you are? And so I'm super excited to find out what that was. And so kicking things off, right, with the Hero's Journey platform here, and what does it look like um, for your origin story? What got you from where you are to you are today? And if you could kick that off, I'd be appreciated.
0: I'd love that. Um, I would say it's nonlinear, like most people's lives. You know, we're not just A to B. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I, I also visualize life as a spiral, sort of like mm-hmm. a slinky, hopefully with an upward trend. But you know, when we think about the calendar year or cycles of our life or um, seasons and elements, I think for me. Uh, caring stories has been a way to um, anchor meaning. I -hmm. I grew up in a household where we moved around a lot. So when I was little, um, we lived in different foreign countries, and I was surrounded by other languages. And I was always um, looking at some of those stories, whether they were the local fairy tales, or um, a theater show, puppets, you know, there's some kind of lesson underneath. And what was always interesting to me is the um, the invitation to play a hero and look at things from a curiosity discovery kind of phase. Um, and I think that the hero's journey Without it being identified, because I didn't even—I mean, I, when I was three or four, I wasn't saying this is the hero's journey. I was yeah. just thinking, well, how do I gamify turning my fears into curiosity and looking at crossing thresholds into unknown landscapes with a sense of um, delight and wonder as opposed to, um, you know, intimidation. So I think, you know, I've—I've I've lived my life that way. Um, looking at patterns and then seeing when patterns break or trying to go into new terrain, um, with a sense of, uh, excitement. Mm. And, um, yeah, that's been kind of a, a life, um, tenet of mine that I try to pass along to others. Like if they're intimidated, I'm like, here, sit on my shoulder, like, see what I'm seeing and discover. And, um, yeah.
1: That's well, it's beautiful. And, you're talking about humans being story-meaning-making machines. So we apply stories and yeah. things to our life's journey to kind of give it sense of purpose. And mm-hmm. I mean, one, one piece of this is going through, and I love the idea of turning fears into curiosities um, by going through with that sense of purpose. What about the moment that you, you started applying this to virtual reality uh, or, or the metaverse or whatever the term you want to use for that? What was that aha moment for you? That you realize that you want to take all these stories and apply it into this medium.
0: Wow, um, I love this because now we're now we're like taking the lifespan because metaverse and and virtual reality these are pretty. I mean they're technologies that have been around for a while. Um, mm-hmm. I discovered VR about ten years ago, so I'd been uh, working as a programmer, and then I'd gone from coding and sort of back end, front end code and tech into education and design learning modules and um as i was a teacher and and working in education like for adults and for kids i would constantly ask the question what's your story you know tell me your story because um it's my belief that if if data has a meaning it's usually with a story wrapped around it and that's how we um create both memories and that's that's what makes a human different than a robot like we understand um, semantics over syntax so um, fast forward you know the story gets exciting because i'm I'm teaching and I thought well I grew up overseas I was moving around a lot I had an invitation to teach in Belgium for two years um, that led unto an an opportunity to teach in Switzerland uh, for a number of years and then I founded a company that was all about um, new learning models and immersive technology that can support that so that's Sort of the the long and short answer is that I was in Zurich and I was looking at um, aspects of the brain and you know how we learn best and how we can integrate meaning into our learning. And a friend of mine had a VR lab and was saying, "Well, you know, have you come in and experienced VR?" And at the time, I thought, "Well, definitely, like for storytelling." Um, and I initially thought that VR was like a 360 gaming device where you, you know, put on the headset and you're like, and I was excited about that, but I, I didn't realize, I think if I, if I think back to the first time I, you know, put on a headset, um, Mm. I remember it was an underwater experience, Mm -hmm. whale, I think it's, um, in the blue. Yeah. Um, and I, and I immediately felt not loud, but like really quiet. I had this, this feeling of intimacy, like, oh, you know, there's all this wonder around me. Um, and rather than be overstimulated, I started to realize with my mindfulness background and my practice, like this was a landscape where I could shine a light of intention um, and feel really nurtured and then start to have that question, like, am I Caitlin in this experience? Do I get to be... Um, a fish, you know, what's the invitation here to to play and to get involved um, in a space that feels both really vast and also very, very focused and very pure. So I think I fell in love right away with the potential of, of the technology and then just wanted to somehow um, build a career path that could involve that in some way.
1: Mm. That's awesome. And you're right in terms of humans. I mean, the reason why we have stories is that it was the original knowledge tool you take you take experience plus emotional intensity and that mm-hmm. you put that together and that's retention right you combine those two together and that's that's why we pass down stories hey just let you know if you go into the bushes over there there's a tiger you see i don't have a leg you don't want to lose your leg don't go in the bushes there's a tiger right the more intense the story the more emotionally engaged in the story plus data allows us to then pass along that legacy of knowledge. And so you're absolutely right on that. And virtual reality being one of the Mm -hmm. strongest, most powerful empathy generated machines, then you really are able to kind of create that visceral experience for people to remember and then take those lessons and apply those lessons to be the hero of their own story as we're talking right now. And so I love how you kind of came from the programming background, the story background, and then you got your mind blown with VR and you go, okay, here's my tool belt of Mm -hmm. abilities. I'm going to take these tool belts of abilities and I'm going to start applying it in this new modality to try to create something that's greater than the sum of its own parts, which is, which is great because a uh, virtual reality, uh, especially the social virtual reality space is a playground for innovation. You can be literally a God creating whatever you want inside of it. So I would love to learn what are some of these modalities? What are some of these, if you say, you know, you have one framework that we can dive into called the scuba framework, which is awesome. And the spiral patterns, which is a lot, a lot there, but yeah what are some frameworks that you've seen that are good applications or things that are of benefit to helping humans progress using hero's journey and virtual reality?
0: So um, first thing when, when you were talking about that, avoiding predators, I was thinking about how um, a cave in those times would have been virtual reality, like to be surrounded by images. I I was just thinking, wow, you know, the, the, (laughs) the, on the, on the cave, on the walls, because I've, I've also tried to, um,
1: uh, you know,
0: yeah. And and build that in VR or build like a a shadow storytelling project or something Mm. where you're surrounded by that. So, you know, I think it's fascinating that we talk about like how, how nascent this technology is. And yet, you know, as humans, we've been surrounded by those surroundscape stories for, uh, quite a while as a way to also pass that down in, ad- in addition to the the oral tradition of storytelling through voice. Um, so I'm curious, I'm going to throw that question to you later, if not now, like when you fell in love with it and, and you seem to be a historical record keeper of like heroes journeys across different mm-hmm. like periods of, of our, our time as yeah. humans. Um, and I think, I think your question is, is really um, specific about, if I'm rephrasing it, maybe, Mm -hmm. um, you know, what, what learning methodologies we let can me have. Yeah. Let, me
1: re- let me rephrase. Yeah. Let me let me rephrase it for you. And mm-hmm. I'm happy to I'm happy to top touch on those other points. So
0: yeah.
1: You know the yeah I'm absolutely fascinated with human progress and human growth and the hero's journey. It's a it's a it's a framework. The hero's journey is a framework for human transformation, human progress, human growth. Yeah. You know you set off to go on to an adventure and you you go and level up by going through difficult challenges and overcoming them and letting go of your ego and identity to raise up to become something more for yourself or the people in your community right? That's the nuts and bolts of what we're talking about. And that is something that is ubiquitous across humanity, right? And it's one of the things that we strive to do. A hum- uh, we are a, you know, creatures of progress, right? Because we we honor it. But at the same time, we're, we're lazy monkeys. You know, we'd really like right. to grow, but we really want to stay comfortable. And in that duality, you know, is the excitement and the drama that unfolds. Uh, so I'm very fascinated with understanding it, studying it, lesson stories, and insights to inspire the listener, the reader, the experiencer of the podcast, of the virtual experience or whatever it is to be the hero of their own story, much for my own self and much to, you know, help others people along the path. So mm-hmm. that's a bit about my jazz. What the question is, about was this? You coming from a programming background, right? You, then you came from a story meaning making background. You yeah. tried virtual reality and you're like, okay, great. I have new learning modalities right inside of this new medium, applying a oldest time pattern of storytelling So what have you come across being someone who is a historian, researcher, passionate about growth and progress and applying it to this new medium? What are some frameworks or things you've discovered that have uncovered and said, wow, when you take this framework of the hero's journey or of method or whatever, and you apply it into this medium, you get these types of results for human progress, growth or transformation. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It made it made sense both times. I like to have you repeat it, though, because I think for for listeners, there's so many layers. And I would say first off, there's the layer of why is this meaningful? Because I think, you know, time is a commodity. Like, why do we why do we want to go through that process of, say, transformation and Mm -hmm. maybe discomfort and disruption? You know, where where within that model is there a space for let's just say, trust, because to cross any threshold involves a certain amount of, you know, usually a hero would be intimidated by that. And there are a lot of people who are maybe slightly intimidated by the vulnerability of having another layer of their experience, whether it's putting on a headset, you know, what's going to happen in there? What, you know, it's, is it flipping my brain inside out? Am I, which it is in a way, you're getting different sensory inputs and you're kind of, you know, you're, you're, you're trusting, you're surrendering. It is a little bit of that Michael Michael Singer, right? Like the, Mm. the experiment of surrender and what happens as you go into that. One of my favorite parts, like the apotheosis of being in those, um, worlds where you can face your shadow side. Um, what I find without being prescriptive about it, because all of these methodologies, if I'm picking something up, I'll yeah. tell somebody. I'm, I'm giving a framework so you can see something to push against. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I'm inviting um, somatic practice, someone to feel into their own body, to be really visceral about a VR experience, and and also to question constantly. Um, it's invitation over prescription. Like, what am I... Mm -hmm. what am I doing? It's a a hero's journey. It's not a hero's outcome. It's not a hero's, you know, I think we focus a lot in in business and life, like what are the KPIs and and what am I in it for? And um, how can I guarantee myself some kind of, you know, upward spiral out where at the end of the journey, I'm going to have this, this, and this as my takeaways. Um, And for people like that, I don't, I don't discredit that I say, um, give it a go trust the ride, and also, um, let's put it this way. I I think that VR is a language. And so part of what I'm building is a fluency model where it's like learning that sometimes you're going to be in worlds where uh, sounds become colors. And uh, that's, you know, there are aspects of synesthesia. Sometimes Mm. you're going to be um, surprised by... The way that uh, something looks and feels, and it might bring up a memory in a different evocative way. so um, so the real the real concepts and the real tools that for me, are um, even more animated, like I'm looking here. <laughs> I have books I have books beside me. Um <laughs> Mih- <laughs> Csikszentmihalyi. I wrote this book Yeah. Year, and he's hey, he's hey, a hero work. of mine. Yeah. Talk hey. about heroes of reality. I totally. don't know like uh you know he's 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 passed away recently and I and I yeah. feel like if there were a chance to go back in time and to say to him, hey, come into one of those VR worlds that I've built that's meant to induce a creative state of flow. You you tend to see some of his tenets and principles, like talk about application. You have a a lower sense of attachment to one identity. Mm -hmm. Uh, People go into VR and they have um, curiosity and delight that's kind of putting them into a childlike state. Um, Your sense of time, it's been proven to be diminished so that you know, and I've had that, you know, time and time again, where I'm in VR, I think like 15 minutes have passed and it's really an hour because a, it's so fun for us. And, um, you know, B, you're not, you're not positioned in a way that feels like four walls of entrapment. It's often a journey where you're invited to kind of choose your own adventure and there's, Mm -hmm. um, baked in all of these qualities that, um, give you a lift. So, um, Yeah. So I I think in some, there's so many different models and, um, you know, different anchors and different methodologies that I apply to some of the experiences that I lead where, you know, even in it, I don't want someone to be thinking, this is step one in Caitlin's three-step program. But then, you know, afterwards, that can be like the anchor where it's like, "Mm, let's look at where we went. And and now you have something at the end that's a reflection process where you can transfer and apply this and, and really give yourself... Um, credit for for mm-hmm. taking a growth model and applying it experientially. Mm-hmm. yeah,
1: it's really fun because what we're talking about is the hero's two journeys, right? The hero's two journeys is the journeys about one external validations I'm seeking the Holy Grail, the prize award, but really that yeah. second journey of the uncovering of who you become in order to acquire the prize along the way. And so while I'm talking more of the masculine energy achievement, progress, result, reductions you're talking about more of the feminine energy which is the flowing the stir the timeless the effortless the you know losing yourself in the moment to be able to actually kind of enjoy the process along the way otherwise if you're constantly thinking about the reward you don't really enjoy and appreciate what's going on around you which is both is valid and true but us as humans we want both right we want you know, yeah. we, are, we are a uh, a piece of the entire cosmos as grand and wide as everything is. We are as small as a speck as a grain of sand. We are both things at the same time, right? It just depends on the perspective and the, cho- and the story you're choosing to tell yourself in the moment because that's one thing about VR that's so incredible is that yeah. it will rip you out of that reality and you cannot be in two realities at the same time. And so if someone <laughs> is inside of there, um, especially if they're, they're very vulnerable. They're very uncomfortable. You know, they're, you have to, you have to mind their, their environments, especially like, um, you know, uh, depending on if they're on any additional um, mind altering substances, mm-hmm. um, they, There are layers and layers and layers inside of there. And so you really want to be careful kind of like inception because it, it, they, it's a very, it is a very vulnerable state to be in, you know, because um, your your mind is somewhere and your body is somewhere else. So, but I just notice that kind of thing because I'm like, what are the results? What are the progress? What are the models? And you're like, well, it's just about the flow. We're gonna let it go. You know, go with that thing. And, and you know, both yeah. are bound, You know, and it's, it's just what what perspective do you shift around?
0: Well, and, and sometimes it's a question of you know this. <laughs> It's not just red pill, blue pill, but it's a. In my mind, if someone needs a a reason to engage with something to be able to either justify the experience, then sometimes it's like, okay, we can we can point to that. We can actually point to positive outcomes that are data driven, Mm -hmm. scientifically validated. Like I believe in the integrity of what I'm doing and offering because I know that people are having an experience Mm -hmm. that involves. Trust and growth and a better outcome. That being said, I'm I'm asking somebody else to engage with that crossing the threshold, knowing that everybody has a freedom of choice and also freedom of um, being able to be the agent of their experience. So, yeah. So I often have environment. um, We'll call them architects or puppeteers so just imagine yourself in a virtual landscape like you're interacting in lifetime Mm -hmm. you're not you're not receiving there's some experiences that are purely passive where it's all created Mm -hmm. but ideally it's also a dance where there are people ready to meet you in that landscape and that's where all of the conversations about ethics and and um you know valuing each other as as real people who are in these avatars um i've studied with howard reingold who uh he's a great mentor and he's somebody who is a cooperation literacy um you know he's been he's been involved in the field of vr since the 1980s when he wrote a book called virtual reality and and <laughs> howard howard believes in the commons like he believes in he was part of the web when it was called the well, when it was community based. And it's like, um, at some time you have to, um, I believe you have to not just trust community, but, but try to be a leader that invites, um, freedom of voice and choice of, you know, there it's a fine line. Cause you have to, you have to shepherd, you know, and, and show, um, good behavior models Uh, but right now we're in the beginning of you know social VR and how it feels to be together in community and you know both Jeremy and I we we lead social experiences and Mm -hmm. and we try to level up you know what does that mean for the community what do we what are we actually building toward if we're looking to have a positive experience Um, and I think the hero's journey is at the center of that too
1: yeah, yeah. what's well, funny because you're talking about that and what you keep referencing this is the difference between demanding and inspiring yeah you know yep. the difference between pushing and pulling you know the difference yeah. between you know saying you have to do it this way versus i invite you to do it this way i also think in terms of programming languages for any geeky people out there it's object oriented programming right <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah See, you
1: know what i'm saying you can only make yeah. requests right you can't you can't right. force another object to do its thing you got to say hey request sent and you can, whether you choose to accept it or deny it, you know, whatever that might be. And if you, if you're good with that, then that's usually a great place to, it, I've noticed that a lot of unhappiness comes from, you know, expecting everything else to be different. And you know, I've seen the most unhappiest people are the people that wishes everything else was different besides themselves. Constantly mm-hmm. trying to versus saying, Hey man, I'm going to be me. I'm going to go this way. You can be you, yep. you do you new, and I'm going to go this way and you, you, you can pick and choose what you want. And so, um, I think it's great. I think it's a great way to inspire. And one of the interesting, weird collisions that we're having right now that you're talking about is we have this weird paradox of moving away from this digital age where people are used to having trolls and YouTube comments and the most horrendous things because you're behind a mask, behind a wall, on a keyboard, and nobody knows it. And you know, the, the, the darkness of humanity comes out when no one's looking. Right, because we're social creatures. Social pressure is real. It's real. But then you take that same anonymity and you apply it in a sense of presence environment, right? And then you come inside there where you know me and you are talking as avatars, and then we feel the sense of presence. We feel that, but someone still feels anonymous, and they do things that would be completely unacceptable in any type of human tribe. And but because they feel like there's no repercussions, and so you have this collision. Of the uh, people want to be anonymous and and free, right? And All that stuff, but people also want to be respected and social norms and values, and you yeah. have this collision in this space. And so, like, you know, how do you manage respecting people's autonomy along with the cultural norms that you're trying to set standards to inside online virtual communities that you're keeping? Like, I know you're as a community builder, how do you how do you handle that issue?
0: Well, I think I think you point to a lot of the heart of what it means. I mean i've I've been developing learning environments for decades, and I, I always go back to my anchors of dignity, freedom, invention, and agency. And so sometimes when I mean this this is like the four cornerstones where even when I'm leading a meditation, sometimes I say, and I can do it even now, like, what does it mean to hold my body? in a state of dignity which doesn't mean like overly formal but like really how am i positioning my shoulders and mm. and you know are my are my feet on the floor and if i if i micro adjust like do i feel like i'm actually in alignment and you ask people to hold themselves in dignity and then they start to look at their physical body in a different way and mm. you know how often we we hunch or we're in this age of like hunching over phones or like doing things for the sake of getting it done as opposed to the actual process. So what's the process of being together? You know, in VR, sometimes I'll gather people around and say, let's form a circle. Well, how do you form a circle? I just say, make sure your back isn't to anybody else. And when I say, make sure your your avatar back is not to somebody else, then you start to see people considering each other. Like, oh, what is that? Like, what am I doing? I'm not just receiving what's in the center for me, but I'm like, oh, am I actually excluding somebody from a virtual space? which could actually, I mean, if we could fly some, some places have flight. So then it becomes a sphere and like, oh, well, how is that different when you're in a sphere? Um, you know, cause, cause we all face what is the quote unquote campfire, whether there's mm-hmm. one there or not, we want to, we want to share these stories and we want to, totally. um, bring out the heroes in each other. And I think, I think there's more to be said in this empty space, which, um, you know, there's there's an African word, "sawubona," which means um, it's that it's that space for when someone says, "How are you?" and you actually genuinely listen to the other person who wants to share how they are. And um, I I believe that some people are aggressive. I believe that there are other people who just need to be heard and recognized. And, and the the concept of "sawubona" is actually how do I have to be for you to feel free? Um, like how, how do I have to show up in the moment to attend to a community that wants to value a freedom that's constructive rather than destructive, which somehow has to be nuanced and has to encompass that my quote-unquote right way might not be... Um, an either or like it's, it's, I've never believed in a zero sum game. So I think mm-hmm. Dylan, like this, this question is about I think taking time because people who are impatient and they just want to like, come on, let's get on with it. It's like, yeah, that's true. And um, sometimes these, these communities that we're, we're building are about the uh, the space to just dwell and be, and um, be okay with that like vr can do a great job i think bringing people together in a shared space where um sure there's a purpose um the purpose can be to be seen in a new way heard in a new way try on a new avatar see how it feels like the mask can end up being one that reveals more than it conceals um you know and and this is where i'm i'm like you you try to learn in a linear way and then I'm like, Oh, let me throw in something that, um, you know, like the overview effect where suddenly we're in outer space, looking at planet earth, like not in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable physically, but like, can we change our perspective enough that we stop to, we stop attaching to Dylan's story or Caitlin's story. Like Mm -hmm. this is where I think hero's journey can really help with those, those big questions about culture and, and ethics and, you know, I think I think it can play a role without being so like preachy. <laughs> well,
1: that's you the thing. The, pre- the preachy is the hard part, right? It because is. It is. It's finding, it's finding that balance of 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 living by certain standards um, without yeah. without saying you need to do this too. Right? Exactly. I, I really, and when you when you that uh, sawabono, is that how I say it. It's
0: Sawabona. It's like S-A-W-U-B-O-N-A. Yeah.
1: Oh, I like that is how do I need to be for you to feel free? And that really is a a sense of when I talk a lot about like heroes versus villains. They both have power. One is of service to the people while the other one is of service to themselves. Right. And you kind of figure out, okay, what how do I need to be? In a place so that you can feel free to show up, however you want to show up, and say, "I'm going to keep this space. I'm going to keep this environment. I'm going to, I'm going to keep you safe. You got this. You're good," you know. And what? Are the, and sometimes they're known as guardians, or they're known as other things. They they keep the area. You know, some like with dogs. And we had a cute little dog. One of my favorite things when I have a dog is when you're sitting around at the campfire. Dogs will generally they'll put their back to the campfire and they'll watch outwards. They'll oh, set wow. guard to make sure that everything's good. They're here, they're with you, yeah. but they're also, they're also protecting you and you feel a sense of protection inside of that environment and, that, and that's good. And that it creates meaning for the dog. They feel good, it creates meaning for us. And so I love that. How do, you, how do I need to be so you feel free? And, um, and the thing is this, I think that there is, um, you mentioned this earlier and I want to touch on it. Cause you talk, it takes trust. cross that threshold to take that and i and i've noticed that um the richer and the more expensive and the older the suit the less likely it is that someone's going to put on a vr headset um just from what i've seen there's a sense of identity associated and a certain amount of poise that people have and then and then they have to take that off and they're going to look silly they're going to look strange they're going to be made fun of they get photos taken of them they feel unsafe Mm -hmm. and they they go from being a very powerful self to being someone that has to give up control and go into that and, and and part of that is 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 not only trust but also belief in themselves right and it's, it could be a trusting in themselves that they're gonna be okay that things are gonna work out i'm going to step in this chasm and no matter what happens you know i'm gonna be fine even if someone does take a silly photo of me and post it on tiktok or whatnot you know whatever it might be and um i think that the um, the more that we're able to kind of shift the culture away from trolling and trash talking and the, the wild wild west of the internet trolls to hey we're people we're here we're communities online and yep. and, set, and setting those standards that the, the better we're going to feel um but it's like how do you how do you balance out the autonomy i love it because you, you had four four things that you said it was like dignity 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 freedom integrity and agency yeah dignity
0: freedom invention and agency in, so I, in, so having invention. that inventive quality um and i'll say like even right now you know that that case that you pointed to of people in suits or people in um yeah. you know with with trip with the company i'm working for as chief wellness yeah. officer oh. rolling out experiences for enterprise for people who yeah. are leaders in business you encounter this um almost like a, a lack of association like oh um I want to understand more about metaverse, and yet maybe I didn't self-identify as somebody that would put on a headset. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of catch uh, this, this wave of excitement when you start to position both how exciting it can be, which is why when you see those pictures that look awkward, you also see people in um, a pose that I call "wonder face," where their
1: mouth is in a wide,
0: <laughs> wide O, because it's I, like, wait, wait, don't. I haven't have have thought about. That. I haven't thought
1: around that. By yeah. The way, but, but, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so it's like that. That's cool. one of those yeah. those points that you can use, like pointing to that, and then yeah. also now part of the programming that I'm rolling out has those people as executives in groups with other executives. So it's like a cohort where you have yeah. these. Um, almost like co-heroes along the hero's journey where part of it, because it's social, um, you can have meditations in VR by yourself. You can have gaming experiences by yourself. And that animation with the social experiences and um, the way that you can learn and share collaborative details and information in a new way and have leadership models in VR, people start to see the transformation. And then those people in suits are like, I want some of that because hey look we're in this um you know great resignation stage also stage of like reshaping my career and i want to future proof the way that i'm perceived in my own company and also the way that i approach this liberating future so i find it's a it's a time that's almost like your double layer of hero's journey where if we can reframe that story that someone's been carrying about their relationship with tech, they start mm-hmm. to see digital wellness in a new way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so a couple a couple of pieces. Okay. Like that. All I, right. can so, I can tell. So I can tell. Yeah. Thing, 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 the one thing, the one. So in terms of that face, I have, a, I have a, a thing that I came up with and I, I don't know if it's true. This might be some bro science or whatever coming at you. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure. We'll but, go there. Yeah. We'll go there. So the, I think that awe, that face that you get is a rendering issue. I think that what that is is the sense that, whenever uh, graphically speaking, your your computer, your graphics card is trying to render. You know, you you put World of Warcraft on max and you turn it on high, and all of a sudden you you go out into that vastness. Right? It the, the card kicks up and starts a whang, starts crazy. <laughs> right? That same type of thing. The same feeling that you get if you're going through the Yosemite tum- tunnel, and it's super dark and you come through the Yosemite tunnel and it opens up and you see all of that beauty, your right. eyes now try to process it and your eyes is trying to process it. And that and that sense of awe is literally the awe of trying to render something. You're going, ah, because of all of that beauty. And I think, I think awe is a rendering issue. And I don't know, I'm not 100% sure on that, but it's something I, I've, I've come up with. I've just looked at those two corollaries those experientials so as you're talking about that off face that's what i'm thinking probably as the quest headset or whatever you're putting on people is actually rendering you've got that same thing going on with people's brains because of the beauty is just so overwhelming that's that was my first thought on that stuff i I like that. that I like yeah.
0: that, especially someone who has been cataloging facets of awe and wonder. Like you didn't know that I have six facets, and no. so I, this this whole rendering issue, or yeah. this render like needing to um, not just make sense, but to feel like we've we've gone faster in the input than our mind can totally process. So we're in that processing stage of like, ah, wow, mm-hmm. um, that's that's interesting, and and I can see it aligning with. Uh, one at least one facet, if not several What are the
1: facets? what are those? Uh, can you, can you uh, sure. yeah
0: yeah um so I wrote a book called Designing Wonder. It came out mm. a couple years ago and through a lot of interviews and studies of psych and the brain and back to William James and how we make sense of things, I was really looking at design for wonder and awe and what i what I was discovering along the way is that it tends to fall into, these are not, these are not tiered in importance, but there's, there's the first facet, which is um, just wondering about a subject, like a little kid. Like, I wonder why the sky's blue. You might not, it might not be a full override of your drive, but you're still looking up and you don't have answers. And so you're sort of projecting and speculating Mm -hmm. and losing yourself in the query. And that's like the wonder that's, that's just, I wonder why, or I wonder how, and Mm -hmm. it, it, it involves a certain intention and attention because you have to pay attention to something to really wonder about it because you're kind of looking at it and thinking about it and focusing on it and it can have mindfulness involved. The second wonder is what you pointed to with Chris Milk earlier talking about like empathy engines, like wonder can be an anchor for putting self in perspective of other. Like as soon as we say, like wonder why sky blue is like sort of like a wonder about fact but i could be like i wonder what it's like to be dylan or i wonder what it's like to have the perspective of a frog or something you know i'm kind of putting myself into another persona and that's that's a level of wonder that can involve dreaminess um third Mm -hmm. facet without going too deeply is what i call surfing wonder because i found certain people describing wonder would describe like riding the wave of their thoughts without attaching to outcome almost like a hypnagogic state like before you fall asleep or like when you wake up or that's Mm -hmm. where certain psychedelics could come in like that wonder state of dreamy quality of just riding the wave of thought um Mm -hmm. Fourth level of wonder is um, a deep sort of um, awe state like an astronaut has when, like, I would call it the overview effect, like that awe and wonder of yeah. being being both big and small, cosmos, um, tendency to uh, err toward some kind of deeper contemplation or um, like a... Deeper than empathy, kind of having compassion, like you start to see, oh, it's not just me and I out for myself. Like that wonder leads you to be like, oh, everything's connected. It's like the global oneness or the unity. cosmos one. Yeah, unity, which then leads to this wonder fifth state, which I, you know, I, I don't have a word for it, but it's kind of like the gestalt when you're in such a deep state of wonder and unity that, that. The sum of the parts, like the the whole, is greater than picking apart. And you kind of feel like you've been there before. Like I'm just so in a zone of wonder that everything is synchronized. And um, and then and then this level of wonder beyond anything else probably has to do with the spectrum of people who study wonder, like Dr. Keltner at Berkeley, who started Greater Good Science Center. He does all kinds of books and investigations on wonder. And he was telling me in an interview that eventually you break down wonder and it's like one of the strongest firings in human emotion at the far end away from the other side which is anger and so like what is that pure emotion of wonder when it fires in the brain it might happen just for a split second like it or less than that like the firing of wonder doesn't happen for very long but it's so powerful um that I'm still investigating (laughs) anyway, but I, but I love wonder. I feel like it's, it's, it's a reason, you know, it it was supposed to be in that movie um, about uh, what was that cartoon movie that had all the emotions as little colorful balls. Oh uh, yeah.
1: Inside out. Good Inside
0: movie. out, yeah, yeah. They 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 had this professor, Dr. Keltner, and they they yeah. did an interview with him and said, How about all these emotions? And he said, What about awe? What about wonder? Like, we need that awe wonder emotion because you only have joy, she's the only good one. And then you have three others that are all negatives. And he's like, We need more positive emotions. Yeah.
1: So, anyway, uh, that's so great. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. awesome. It's it's really cool because you know I'm tracking along this you're talking about the the perspective, the spectrum of wonder. Um, from just curiosity to perspective, to a slipstream consciousness, to unity, to gestalt, so to the combination of spiritual and physical, to this, the, the father well, was still trying to wrap my head around that last concept of this, like, all enticing, I don't, I was trying to like, it, it was like, it was like, you're causing me to expand my horizons of perspective as you're going at it. I'm like, okay, unity, that's it. That's the edge. And then yeah. your gestalt. It's like, okay, well, what's beyond unity of all things? Okay, well, what's beyond <laughs> that? I was like. I was like, all right, I'm, st- I'm a I'm mentally and emotionally stretching my limits here on what's possible, which was beautiful, yeah. which is beautiful. I right? mean,
0: the, the last one, honestly, is not in the book because I haven't yet codified. Right. Like, is that yeah. actually a thing or is it yeah. like like there's an Isaac Asimov short story called um, The Last Question? And and it's it's probably before it's time or after it's time. But in the story, like the humans are asking this um, this machine this like it could be ai yeah. but they're they're basically asking how do we reverse entropy and they keep going through the story and in each epoch of time there's a different version of human you know and th- it starts very individual and then yeah um without giving too much away it kind of comes full circle and maybe that's mm. it like maybe we just stop with the fifth facet of wonder and we should just be done because there is no other and then you know he he the end of the short story. If anyone listening to the podcast reads it and yeah. wants to have a conversation, it's, it's, it's kind of about that, that like loss mm. of loss of self, because I guess that's my question to you in the hero's journey. Is it an mm. individual hero oh. on the journey or is it like a hero? Like, you know, I, I believe that we well, are all heroes. Is it?
1: So, yeah. okay. Well, there's um, a couple of am un- unpack with that uh, per usual. Uh, you know, life is an adventure. It's more fun to play with your friends, right? And you know, going on this adventure, you have you have you have your individual growth and you have the growth with collaboratives, you know. And and in terms of innovation and metals, you generally have like a hub and spoke design. If you look at like the Eudemodium machines, right? You're gonna come together to really be able to kind of you kind of come together to think on things and you hub out and you grow, and you come together and you collaborate and you hub out and grow and you have that that pattern of behavior of of you know it's a so on the hero's journey you have side quests right you have things where people go off and they go individually level up and but then sometimes at the end you have you know it ends in this epic 23 movie series where now all the superheroes from marvel come together to take on thanos right so if you look at that each person goes off on their own journey right to go level up to come back to be more for the tribe Right. So you can be mm-hmm. you know, I had I had one of these insights when I was on a, 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 a large amount of plant medicine and I was struggling very, very, very hard. Um, I had this insight and it was it was really this this, this these words that came to me, um, which was, you know, for them, I am. You know, mm-hmm. for them, I am strong enough, for them, I am capable, for them, I can, you know, for them, I can be more, for them, I am enough, right? And so sometimes if you can't do it for yourself and you can't do it for external reasons, you can't do it for the glory, you know, sometimes you can find strength in, in, in doing it for the tribe and the people around us, right? So yeah. whether you're doing it yourself or with people, you know, it's, it's to each their own. I think we, we want to be strong individually, but when we, when we become strong by ourselves, And then we tie that in with the strengths of everybody being coming strong. You know, that is, that is, you know, humanity's strength is the ability to collaborate through space and time together. And it's one of the biggest competitive advantages that allow us to dominate the planet, right. Our, our ability to come together. And so, um, you know, that's, you know, some thoughts around the journey and sometimes you got to go on your own. Um, and sometimes you got to go with friends. Um, it just kind of depends on, you know, what is it called for? Is this a, is this a level five boss, you know, or, or is this a a 30, a 30 man raid that you need all of your friends? So.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I raced cross country growing up and was pretty competitive as a runner and people see it as a solitary sport, but the, the times that I raced the best I was digging deep and my, my go-to was always remembering like, I'm not in this race alone. I, you know, I'm doing this for, the team. And then I would individually in my mind think like their names and yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting.
1: The, the first virtual reality, the yeah. OG, OG reality, your imagination, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the original, yeah. original virtual reality. You're like, ah, oh, thank it. I think well, it,
0: That's why I I often make friends with long distance athletes or people who are, whether it's a runner, a biker, swimmer, like whatever people do where they have to be in their own head for a long time and have to keep Mm. themselves entertained to a certain level. Um, You know, I think you, you kind of befriend your demons or you, you have this (laughs) relate. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Right. And so it's like, oh, you have this like interesting relationship.
1: (laughs) Now you're talking, so when you're befriending your demon, just so you're struggling in a space where you have, you know, your egoic self or something else that's saying, Hey, you should, we should quit. You should go get a pepperidge farm cookie and go sit by the road right, and right. drink and drink a gallon of whole milk and just quit the whole <laughs> thing. Right. You, and so you have to kind of hang out with them and say, look, man, I get this. We're going you know, to, I know, I know this sucks. I agree. We both agree this sucks, but we're going this way, which is yeah. a, a challenge. You know? I mean, the
0: endurance mind has to not like, like, I believe pain is real, you know, back to somatics, It's like, there's, there are real, real cues. There are also cues in our body when we've reached something like a threshold that we can push beyond and whatever's intimidating, you can kind of lean into it and say, oh, huh, that's something that's kind of intimidating. Why? And you get to choose then like the hero, like, are you going to kind of take that opportunity to really like dig deeper and start to come up with that belief that you're going to feel only when you're at your breaking point and you get to decide. Yeah. And then, and then you get to decide like, oh, maybe some things are not going to turn out outcome-based the way that I would hope for, but I'm going to find out, like, I'm going to risk it all and, and find out what it feels like to go there as opposed to um, take the safe road, like the Pepperidge Farm cookie, which will be there the funny thing is that it will be there oh, it'll yeah. be there for me i just i know that in my history ways to gamify that experience ways to have humor with myself you know those those are all present and they can be present in vr worlds too like the the chance to have both gravity and levity because that's yeah. what i believe in
1: oh i love it i love that it's uh, totally right and you're, you're like you you look at like when you when you find that edge right in that threshold mm-hmm. guardian mm-hmm. and you're trying to you find out okay am i gonna am i gonna you know let myself die and level up right or am i gonna do my survival pattern and do what i always do and and spiral down right and you know whether yeah. so if you're, whether it's transforming the body or the mind or whatever the things you're like I, I can't take it it's too much right it's overwhelming right it, it just depends on and we don't no one always wins and no one always loses but it's like it's like how much are you willing you know, how are you willing to push past when you feel like you can't? And that's a really, it's a really tricky, weird thing. And uh, one thing that's coming to my mind right now is Jeremy said something to me that like made me stop. And I was like, holy shit, like this is, this is really intense. Um, Yeah. Yeah. He he talked about a moment. I have a question for you based upon this. He talked to me about how he has communities inside VR and it's such a meaningful and powerful community um, that he's had people and talked about end of life where someone's actually taking their last breath. Inside VR with them. Which is, I mean, you want to talk about a, a precious moment, a meaningful moment, a moment of. Something that is you only get one of them, you know, and what are you going to do with that one last gift to give and that is a really powerful thing that I think a lot of people that don't haven't tried virtual reality they don't I think they really understand the power of the connection that you can have in there and the impact that you can have and what does it feel like to create bonds do you have a moment maybe not like that but a powerful moment that you shared with somebody in VR that felt like a, a, a rare and special moment or gift whether it was through struggles or whether it was through joy or any of the other spectrum of emotions?
0: I feel like I would say yes and. I mean, the the last breath moment that you brought up with Jeremy is so pure and I feel like that just needs its own, its own space. Like I, I'm not, oh, I'm, I have not had that moment. Um, yeah. And yet I can see exactly why that's so beautiful and why it has a, a a vibrancy of, of being a moment of transcendence because yeah. you get to, you get to choose certain elements in VR and and create conditions for worlds that are so beautiful and then and then to have that be your space that is where you cross a threshold. Um, you know, there's it's it's amazing and also mm-hmm. you know for other people who haven't tried VR, I, I can. I can tell you you go in and and have maybe one idea about what it'll be and it's it's a it's an experience that's that's purely yours and and different each time like i've never had the same experience in vr it's always different mm-hmm. um and that's based on the humans that and the and the different human than i am it's like mm-hmm. viewing a great piece of art it's always different based on your conditions when you come to it to have an encounter yeah so what comes to mind is um, experiences, uh, you know, recently with with MindWise. Um, mm-hmm. When I when I started running experiences in VR, I would often frame them in a hero's journey kind of model. And mm-hmm. you know, I've had I've had recent um, wellness experiences with collaboration groups that involve leaders coming, and if you can, you know, just picture we. We had moments where we were um, doing a hike together, um, taking people from one area of entry and then crossing different portals. And there was an experience, Dylan. Without mm-hmm. without just totally jumping ahead, but just imagine movement and music, and you know, I'm holding the space and really running the experience and witnessing everybody there. Interacting and, and growing in a new way, and I felt myself just so present in that moment, um, being a guide and also letting those those waves of wonder wash over me. That that time felt like it had stopped, and yeah. So so that that moment becomes something so beautiful that you feel like, well, you know, if you ever needed a purpose for you know why you're here or why you're invited to create something together, it's that that idea of coherence, like what does it mean to then be in a group by the end, we were having a collective breath where, you know, we were so in sync with each other as a team that we were doing that type of um, Mm. engagement together. And then you get to hear people sharing in a circle about how they Mm. came in with a certain expectation and and then they're leaving with something greater. So yeah, for me, it's beautiful. And, you know, anyone who's curious about it, you know, Invite you to to take that ride and, and see what it's like because you know VR constantly is surprising me with moments like that that are, are greater than I could have expected.
1: Yeah, you're talking about that uh, collaborative flow, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's in group yeah. flow together, and you get yep. start to get that rhythm, start to be in sync. You know, it's, it's, re- it's really powerful. Now, when you're saying mind wise, is do you have an application or is it is it a model that you use inside other? Um, Uh, commonly available social VR applications. I'm just trying to wrap my head around that.
0: So MindWise is the consultancy that I founded. So I Mm -hmm. go into other applications Mm -hmm. and um, sometimes run workshops, sometimes Mm -hmm. give talks. You know, I really, I'm the designer of the experiences. I Mm -hmm. know how to code and build Mm -hmm. and, you know, have have teams that make that possible sometimes too, depending on the scale. Mm -hmm. And then now coming to TRIP and being their chief wellness officer, That's awesome, too, because I can um, be part of designing those experiences and um, be part of hosting them with enterprise groups and other groups. And, you know, Trip is just such a great team and, you know, founded with all of those values and principles that I saw that as like, okay, then I get to work with Jeremy and other people that are doing this at global scale. Um, So I still you know, love that position. And then I'm still teaching at Stanford, also in the wellness department. Um, The course is digital wellness. And um, the subtitle is really designing a healthy relationship with technology. And I think that's, that's really cool, because the designing of healthy relationships is a human human relationship mediated by tech and also a focus on things like tech addictions and how I feel about my phone and whether I have a, a pattern of relationship with technology that could be improved. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so being involved in like the academic side at Stanford lets me access research and work with different departments. So this is where I get into this, like, we are multifaceted creatures having all of these um, affiliations and, and companies and work that we do you know for me that that makes life great at the end of the day because i see positive impact
1: yeah it's always awesome because we are we were both individuals and we're also part of the collective good and you're talking about yeah. taking things which is which is a thing of taking innovation and doing applied innovation which is what universities and then taking those university knowledges into spaces and that's that happens a lot um and that's actually really beautiful because a lot of times things can die in the lab inside the universities and the places so when you can bring it out and give it new life and have it carry on it's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing yeah and, it's so
0: sad when they die in the lab I'm like is. don't let that die in the lab and every experiment should be yes exactly it's like you need <laughs> we need to access that great research and put it to use right now in ways that are for good. Otherwise it just becomes like some kind of dusty. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. And I didn't, I didn't mention it, but the secret uh, passion that I also have is for creative writing and poetry. So Mm. um, I have an MFA in creative writing. I love poetry. I love short stories. I love fantasy. So um, yeah. So I delve into sci-fi as well as like, whenever I have free time, I'm writing a poem or composing something and kind of riffing off that.
1: I love that. Yeah, yeah. Big, big sci-fi fan, audiobook listener. And uh, I think that sci-fi is, you know, the mother of technology in a way that it it gives birth to the inspiration. You know, fantasy obviously sells us a lie that then technology needs to live up to, you know, lawnmower man and insert things. And then you're like, oh, that was incredible. And like, okay, now you got to go build it. You know, oh, crap, how do I do that? it's always a thing so, um, so
0: do you yeah. have do you have a sci-fi um, or any like go-to writer that's like your your secret passion person like like whatever they put out you're gonna read it or wish that you could turn it into a VR experience you know take this question in whatever way you want but like who's your hero in the sci-fi realm
1: Oh that's fun um, so I mean I got a lot of them. Um I have big fans, uh, but I would say you know, one of my current favorites is a guy named Shirtaloon. Um that's his gamer name because Pantaloons was often taken. Um and he writes a book called that. He He Who Fights with Monsters, uh, which is uh it's a it's a lit RPG book. Um if you're familiar with those. And so um are you familiar with lit RPG? I am. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a big lit RPG fan. I've had a number of the authors on my podcast. Um, and his, his whole thing is based around uh, a quote. Um, if you, uh, I forget the exact, I think it's like a Machiavellian quote or something that if you fight monsters, beware because you might become them. And his whole book is based around that. It's the challenges that the guy face and the journey that he goes through to try to keep his humanity while batting demons and monsters and things. And it's very well done. And so that's one of my favorite books. And that's the dude I've had on a couple of times on the podcast. Awesome. When he comes down and around, I'm going to go hang out with him and go, go grab a deep fried burger with him when he flies from Australia to here. So I'm very excited. Um, oh, yeah. It's one of the beautiful things about the podcast. I get to meet really awesome, cool people that I really respect and enjoy. And I get to have a really intimate conversation um, and you know connect with them on, on passion topics like this. Like super fun. Like it was great. Like it's super fun to go back with you. On yep. same thing, we go back and forth, and chuck this thing. We're kind of playing jazz with our with our words.
0: You make so, it easy, I will say. Yeah,
1: I, we make it easy. So
0: well, we yeah. we speak the same language. So it's,
1: it's like, <laughs> if you're, it's like if here you're we go. About, if you're talking yeah. to me about fantasy football, this would be a very hard conversation. <laughs> uh, I'd be grasping at straws. I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing here. Um, so you know, yeah, it's, it's, that's why it's good. I try to have. You know, people on that i resonate with and so when i saw the abouts i'm like this is gonna be a very easy casual conversation um wow question for you though oh, with you. You.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Matt, yeah of course what about you favorite book favorite author favorite thing if you could turn into a thing
0: oh gosh i have so many i have a lot um i really like this story arrival like i was i was watching it again as a film and it was a short story by Ted Chang first. And, um, I think I might even have it up there. Um, and I, I feel like it doesn't get like these shorter stories to me are really powerful when it comes to opportunity to kind of without sounding, you know, but reshape narratives, like to, to show different perspectives, to show characters without getting so, um, Attached in a soap opera type of way, you know. I think, um, I think that the the short story anyway, Arrival is a great story. And Ted Chiang has a book called Exhalation, which he wrote after um, that book of compiled stories was published. And you know, you read Exhalation, and there are parts about. you know, humans in the future operating in different ways and the ways that we approach our breath and the ways that we look at culture and society. Um, and I just think he has a great mind. So I'd love to, you know, riff with him or, you know, have him become involved in RPG worlds. (laughs) Um, I think NK Jemison, she has some really great stories and, and I tend to like like Ursula K. Le Guin and people that, people that, you know, I'll I'll flip it on its model, like people that actually get into characters as much as plot. Cause I think sometimes sci-fi gets criticized for being so plot focused that we lose like the whole body of the character. And, um, yeah, so I, I kind of like ones where you feel like, Oh, characters are kind of flawed and there are, you know, a range of different, um, types of people and creatures that are portrayed Mm. because we can be so, um, uh, we can be so single-minded that I think, you know, one of my favorite quotes is um, Walt Whitman. When he says we contain multitudes, it's like, Oh, I might show up in one way and that's how somebody else wants to reach me. But actually there are other layers and facets. So I love when, when I can encounter a sci-fi where the character actually gets to, Um, be more than face value and more than just one one emotion range or or type of behavior yeah
1: Yeah. I love that that's incredible yeah it's you know it's like um with movies or modalities or anything else like when you have when each of the things are done well it stacks together right if it's a yeah you know, like uh, you know, whenever if you for a burger, right, an amazing bun, ingredients, be homemade, this, that, whatever, you can stack those things together, and that cross section of that one experience, you could tell that the value has been placed through the whole thing versus just yes. a one note, one chick, a gag reel, uh, you know, uh, that thing because it doesn't feel real, right? Because we're, we're we're flawed, right? We're totally flawed, and and we can yeah. see that trying to be good, mess up, try to be good, do better right you can it feels authentic and that's why I think about the yeah. authenticity of the the character development where you feel We're hungry
0: for that, for that. yeah for sure. And I, and I noticed that you've mentioned burgers twice now. So I'm going to say yes to like the Heroes of Reality podcast where we, we eat burgers. You know, we're, we're going to the next time we're going to have Jeremy <laughs> oh, so here. Funny, panel. So we'll funny. have burgers like I'm, oh, I'm listening to you and I'm like, OK, yeah. So
1: so just a little bit of my history Um, before I was into virtual reality development, like I got into VR a decade ago, I used to I used to own a gourmet burger truck business, catering oh, company. So okay. I had a I had a whole thing where I made a lot, a lot wow. of burgers. I still love them. Um, And I keep an eye out for them. And uh, I'm moving to a place in Long Beach that has a an amazing deep fried Monte Cristo burger that is so unhealthy, but it's so delicious. And I just like I can feel my years just trickle away every time I take a bite. But I'm I'm going to say it's worth it. So I have I have a very much um, into food. Um, so,
0: future question would be to ask guests like, "What would be your ideal burger? Like, design your burger." Oh my be?
1: god! Oh man, you hit, you hit my my <laughs> you hit my little fat kid I mean, heart. Uh,
0: yeah, like I, I feel like okay, I'm gonna go there and just answer. Yeah. Um, I think that my ideal burger okay involves some kind of um, you know, I've I've sampled things. I really like this idea of all over the world elements. So I'm going to have some type of like brioche, like super flaky bun. Mm -hmm. I got to start with the bread because it's like the edges and it's going to be grilled and have a layer of butter on it. Like on top of the, the grilling it's going to help with the grilling, but it's just like really decadent. And then there's going to be melted like Gruyere cheese Mm -hmm. and um, grilled grilled um mushrooms and onions and then of course like with all of that there has to be some kind of I think crunchiness so I'm gonna need Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. something for the the crunch factor I don't know what I might defer to you but I need this burger to have like some kind of either
1: crispy onion strings or something yeah
0: yeah Yeah. and maybe like also fresh tomatoes or Mm spinach or something i don't know why i want to throw truffle oil in there but <laughs> it's like maybe take away the tomatoes add the truffle oil then i'm kind of done because i think after all of that it's going to be like really messy yeah but you know there's there's my stab that's my stab at the perfect caitlin burger
1: i I was imagining it sounds it sounds delicious you got a lot of umami savory flavors inside of there mm-hmm. um you have a good cross section I, I think it's nice um you know i would I would personally try to like have some sort of, you know, light crisp crunch going through that. So you have the, all those different flavors, but if you look at like crisp lettuce, or I had a okay. burger once called the Seder, uh, which was a goat cheese fig jam burger. Um, with caramelized onions, and so the sweetness and the and the pungent, it has a cross section cut, so that you're looking for those oh, balances. So, so you have savory with acid, and you you combine those together. Um, but I liked where you're yeah. going with that. That sounds that sounds incredible, and I, I was like, yeah, I was, I, was, I was on it. I'd eat that thing. I'd, I'd uh, that sounds delicious. Now, I'm, now, I'm, now I'm getting hungry. um okay. And I, I appreciate you doing that. By the way, that's a great question. Uh, it's just yeah. very. It's very. Uh, I. But it, it, it it it's. Uh, it's, it's very fun. So I appreciate you uh, pointing that out and reflecting that. And I think it's one of the fun things is when um, I think real friends, real people, like I think people that really people that I value personally are people that can point things out in me that I don't always see in myself, you know, and you're like, oh, I noticed burgers. What about this? I recommend this. And when you when people can find things in you that you don't see in yourself. It makes you feel closer to them because you feel closer to yourself. And I think it's a, I think it's a beautiful, I think it's a beautiful, wonderful trait. And to bring it back to the, the quote that you shared with before, which I think really ties that in is, is what was it around? How can I be uh, free. for you? I know how, how can I be for you so that you feel free? I right, was that close to that. Yep.
0: That's okay. definitely it, Sawabona.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, so I felt a lot of Sabona in that in that commentary there. So wow. And Thank that
0: you. the beauty the beauty is that I don't I don't subordinate myself like like if my dignity is also valued then it's it's like a beautiful collaboration where you receive that like yeah. like a space of love and a space of openness to um to the question which is pretty deep you know because it it's like my experience is not to please you it's for Mm -hmm. it's for the mutuality of something that's that's greater than me as a separated entity so Mm -hmm. as soon as i start to embody that or look to prioritize that suddenly i feel like people um like we feel it we have these mirror neurons we feel it and the other Mm -hmm. person then suddenly is mirroring it back somehow like it's magic they're they're operating in a way that's like oh oh i i see you too like how how am i being so that you feel free too and and you start to kind of co-elevate and i and i really believe in that and you can you know you can do that across barriers of phones or vr or dare i say like sometimes just sensing somebody else um you know when when you're thinking about that person and, and really supporting their freedom, then you start to behave in a different way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's that, um, it's like that, uh, unattached celebration of the other, right. Just for the gift of giving and that without saying like, you know, I, I, my my son is the best son ever because I made him right. That's not the same thing. <laughs> it's not yeah, the best he looks thing. just like me. Yeah, <laughs> kid. It's, but it's not the same thing as as you know, just giving that gift of recognizing the other and say, I see you, I acknowledge you, and I value the effort that you've done, and I and I see yeah. a piece in you that is powerful, not because it has anything to do with me, but just just to celebrate, to celebrate, and there's there's a power in that. I often, yeah. one of my favorite things to do, I think you'll appreciate this. And we're going to start to wrap this up here is
0: uh, I, <laughs> for all you listeners. I, I, go,
1: I go for yeah. a long run. Uh-huh. I go for not, not nearly as long as you, but like, I'll go for like, um, like run some beach by my house and stuff. And one of the things I like doing, if I can get into the motion of it's when I see other people running, I'll point at them. I'll see, and I'll clap at them. I'll go, come on. And they're like struggle bussing right? And they go, ah, yeah, and they keep going. But what I've noticed from that un- unintentionally, just trying to have that pattern of behavior, and I don't do it all the time. But when I do do it, I, I'm i doing that. And then I actually feel a sense of joy, because they feel a sense of joy. And it actually gives me extra energy to keep going. And and it's a really cool thing to do when you see other people in the journey, just by celebrating them without and it wasn't my intention to try to get energy out of it. But I noticed it as being a, a happy accident, you know, and a unique byproduct of the process. And so um, I think that's kind of a bit um, of of what we're talking about here.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it reminds me of um, they did a study, and again, like who knows? I, I mean, I'm quoting this because it it seemed to resonate at the time. But like um, children and parents, and parents after sports games, and and what resonated the most, and actually the phrase "I'm proud of you" didn't resonate as strongly as, gosh, I really love to watch you play. Oh, and. What came out of that for me is like, wow, imagine all the kids, like, of course, they're excited to perform for parents or to be, um, you know, worthy of praise or or earning some kind of like pride. And for them, seeing a parent that was so happy, like that joy that they felt like if they could express that to their child, the child, like that, at least the results of this one story or study was showing that that was even more resonant. Like how often can we um, share that. Wow that that made me feel so good. Yeah. Like watching you is a joy.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's like a it's like a compliment without the responsibility. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like you're such a good kid. You always work hard. You should always work hard. You're like ah.
0: <laughs> pride, 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 pride.
1: Thanks, thanks so much. Saying, <laughs> I love to watch you smile. It's yeah. Beautiful. When you yeah. dance, Right. You're like oh, you know, mm-hmm. I love it. Um, one of the things start mm-hmm. to wrap up here is so. Okay all the things that you do in the studies of this hero's journey, the virtual reality and you know, congratulations on being the chief wellness offer. Um, it's a, it's an awesome company. And I think it's, it's an amazing opportunity and I'm very happy for you on that journey. What is your Holy grail for yourself? Like what is that flag in the sand on top of a mountain? You probably don't want to answer this one because it is product driven it's results engine, but what is that flag? What is the Holy grail that you're seeking um, for all of this effort and energy you put into your focus and passion?
0: It's like that where is that um i would say dylan uh i like to yes and so it's a great question <laughs> um, my like if i had a mission statement and i've had one for yeah. a while and it, it really is empowering meaningful human connection so that holy grail right now i think is the opportunity for us as humans to define what is meaning like if i say i'm empowering meaningful human connection then it's like well how do we bestow A sense that something bears meaning, that it's a meaningful relationship, that it's a Mm. meaningful exchange. Again, not just for the product, but for the process of like what it means to be present, what it means to understand, you know, in this case, and certainly, you know, in my role at Trip, to understand the power of immersive technology to really transform someone's life experience and give them both a better sense of themselves at work, at play, you know, just to feel that connection. And so, you know, extrapolating that to like every part of what I'm doing, whether it's mind-wise, whether it's teaching at Stanford, um, you know, really how can every experience that I get to be a part of lead us to that meaningful connection? Um, you know, how am I showing up and how do how do others Get to feel like they they have an experience that leads them to a a better place. And maybe, you know, I, I have very high aspirations. I like to think I'm contributing to a better world, and along the way, there there are different facets that reveal themselves. Like this is a a journey that is transformative in process. And so, yeah, that that holy grail, I think right now is the opportunity for us in a period of time when there's so much at stake and there's so many different ways that we, as people can come together, like how can I be part of that force for good? Yeah. And there's more conversation there. So I love that I could stop there. And then there's that invitation, like let's go deeper in the future. Or if people are listening and they want to flesh that out, you know, there there are tons of use cases where I'm putting that into play and having that conversation.
1: I love that. And if, say that the mission and what you're looking at to sum it up is empowering meaningful human connection if that is the holy holy grail that you have and all the facets that are attached to that what is the dragon what is the thing that is preventing you from that that might be so big you might need to transcend who you are in order to accomplish that goal Mm.
0: each each day (laughs) i mean It's interesting right because dragon this gets philosophical it can be seen as very internalized it can be i mean i think that everything is perspective and not that not that dragons are are projections or are are false but i I think there's an opportunity to shift mindset with dragons Um, an easy one is attention like i like to focus and have um, mindful attention practices that that allow me to really um, get into deep flow states in the work I'm doing. You know, I, I believe, if we're using the burger metaphor, as much as I can put my intentionality into what I'm cooking, then the person that's tasting it can kind of feel that in the energy. So I, I know that I have to be disciplined about both my intention and that that creation phase, um, because ultimately the the experience someone else has depends on me. Doing that self care, doing what I practice, um, yeah. So, so a dragon would be that um, the world is so noisy right now that we don't nurture and give ourselves that that quality that we need um, in order to embark on that hero's journey to reach that that greater state, you know, for ourselves and for others. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of an easy one to answer. <laughs> if I if I drill down, it's like yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm yeah, yeah. I, i'm i'm picking up what you're putting down on the grill i get it yeah yeah,
0: yeah. I love it. then then you start to identify the dragon and it's like oh and then that dragon becomes like that that if you've seen the the projection of dragon on the wall and then you see mm-hmm. where it's like pointing toward and it's like oh it's actually really tiny when you isolate it and, and say oh it, you know
1: it, it, it yeah. can be it depends on it, can on, be. On, it, it depends yeah. on on what you believe it to be yeah i love it oh uh, yeah. so um This has been an awesome podcast. I appreciate you coming on. Is there anything else you'd like to let people know about before you tell them how to get hold of you? Gosh.
0: Well, I I would love for people to know that there are many exciting things happening right now, like um, exciting experiences, uh, things that I'm putting out there in the world of VR. Um, You know, trip has so many things coming up in the next quarter that involve personal experiences with VR. So, um, that's true for MindWise as well. So anyone who's curious, who wants to get in touch with me, um, you can definitely look at trip.com and find me there. You can also look at my website, which is CaitlinKraus.com. And there you have access to some of the resources and the research and a way to reach out directly to have a conversation with me. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot. I think right now you're striking a turning point in um, immersive Experiences just uh, becoming more, um, dare I say, mainstream, where people would have mm. those those experiences that we've been talking about. So, yeah, just thank you for this beautiful conversation tonight.
1: Yeah, thank you as well. It was a, it was a true honor and pleasure. I appreciate your time, and I'll see you on the other side.
0: Sounds great. Thanks.
1: Right. Bye, Caitlin. Take care. Thank you for listening to the
0: Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Hero's Quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or, if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.